With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Fraser Wilson and today I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Record Sports' Gavin Berry and Record Sport Online's Callum Loudon to look at all the latest going on at Ibrox. On the pod today we discuss Steve Clark's first Scotland selection but there's no Rangers players in his 27-man squad. Is there a growing wedge between Rangers and the national team? We look at the latest transfer news as Stephen Gerrard targets reinforcements at both ends of the park. And, of course, we'll look at Neil Lennon's appointment at Celtic and what does this really mean for Rangers. Gavin, Callum, welcome. How you doing? How you doing, Fraser? All good, all good. So let's start with the Scotland squad announcement then. Gavin, you've seen the, the 27-man squad. There. Yeah, I've got it in front of me here. So, well, it's, it's good. It's, it's still no Rangers players in there then? You have a wee no, check? I mean, the one that you would say, well, yeah, I've triple-checked it, definitely not Rangers players. I mean, the one, I suppose, the... the the obvious one would be Ryan Jack, wouldn't you? I mean, he's arguably, arguably Rangers' most consistent player, certainly in midfield. Stephen Gerrard said that himself, so he's the one that could probably count himself very unlucky. Um, having said that, I'm not entirely sure um, about his fitness. I don't know how fit he is, um, but if he's not, if injury hasn't ruled him out, then you could certainly say that's the one that would uh, raise a few eyebrows. Although, of course, there were those video clips going around in social media last week of him and Graham Dons. I don't know whether his injury <clears throat> could have been picked up there. It certainly wasn't, <laughs> wouldn't have been the best preparation. So uh, ahead, maybe. Having having said that, the players, have, I mean, we've spoken to that before. I mean, the players do have downtime. The season's finished. You know, Celtic players were all going off on holiday after the cup final. Uh, we spoke to Callum McGregor after the cup final. He was in the papers on Monday. He was going to Dubai the next day. Um, and he is involved. So, I mean, it is a time off. But if he's fit, he could count himself unlucky. I mean, I know a lot of people are sort of panning this uh, Steve Clark's first squad, but in uh, as much as Ryan Jack probably can feel a bit hard done by, you know, you look down the list of central midfielders there. We saw, you know, there's John McGinn yesterday. Um, you've got McTominay. Kerry McLean's had an outstanding season, you know, with Norwich City. So, I mean, that is one area, I suppose you could say, where he has got plenty of options. And there's guys like John Fleck, who, you know, also Premiership bound uh, down south. You know, he isn't in either, although that I think is... He's getting he's, married, he's isn't he? married, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. But, I mean, it just shows you the kind of quality, and that's the difficulty Ryan Jack would have. But, I mean, there haven't been too many Rangers players really, you know... It's been a while since uh, Rangers players have been consistently in the Scotland squad. But, I mean, of course, there were those years, you know, where they're working their way back up the league. It's not like there were players who were screaming out to get called up. Um, Lee Wallace was the obvious one when he stuck by Rangers at the time when people were saying he should have got picked. There was an argument to be made for him. Uh, It was certainly held against him that was playing in the lower leagues. He did eventually get back in, didn't he? I Mm -hmm. think he started at Wembley. I think he might have started at Wembley. then you had Andy Halliday maybe getting touted for a wee spell. 
uh, Graham Dorms, of course, but then he's had his problems with... Uh, what? You want to do that one, Gav? Sorry. <laughs> Carry <laughs> on. You were doing so well. Apologies. <laughs> um, uh, God, I've lost my... <laughs> well, <laughs> let me come in there, because Ryan Jack, you could say a bit like Andy Murray timing his uh, rise to prominence in the tennis circuit at the worst possible time. I suppose Ryan Jack is choosing a moment where Scotland's midfield is possibly at its strongest. Yes. It's going but, to be but, terribly yeah, difficult to get in there. Yeah, it is going to be really hard. But, but I mean, even having said that, I think that there still is an argument. I mean, even looking at the, if you were to hold a gun in my head and say, right, should Ryan Jack be in if he's fully fit? Yes. Who would who should he replace? I would probably say Graham Shinney. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, okay. Graham Shinney mm-hmm. had a nightmare in Kazakhstan. In his Not defense, in the field. No, yeah. and I was going to say, yeah. in his defence, at left back. But... If you were older gun in my head, I would say yes. In that current squad, Ryan Jack in, Graham Shinny out. Okay, okay, that's fair enough. On a greater, the greater subject mm-hmm. here then is Rangers players have always played such an important part of successful Scottish yeah. sides. Doing, I mean, right back to the John Greggs, uh, yeah, the, the yeah, Richard yeah. Goffs, right up to the yeah. modern era yeah. with Alan McGregor. Now, there's a the point. Steve Clark himself said he's not going to go begging mm-hmm. players to come out of retirement. He's clearly left that for uh, McGregor to decide. He's not in this squad. Is there? Is there? Uh, there certainly seems to be, in, from fans, a growing wedge between the national side and Rangers. Yeah. Is this a pro- Callum, let, let's bring you in there. What, what, what do you think? On well, that one? one of the main things Steve Clark said when he got the job, I'm going to bring Scotland fans together. And in picking this squad and leaving out Ryan Jack, who I think should have been included if ahead of Graham Shinney in my opinion because he plays at a higher level he's a younger player and he plays more um, to play a more intense pressure every week so I think he should have been in that squad and I think he's just disencouraging Rangers fans in creating the wedge that's already been there in these Scotland uh, Scotland team pickings because there's always there's been this wedge the last few years because Rangers fans uh, Rangers players haven't been getting picked for the squad and they've got now I've got a young Scottish midfielder uh, there is some uh, top quality Scottish centre midfielders in there, but we've got a young Scottish midfielder who should really be getting a look in in that squad. There's not a lot of Scottish talent. Well, there's a lot of Scottish talent at Rangers at a younger age, but mm. outside Ryan Jack, I mean, who are you? Who are you thinking in the last couple of years should have been pushing into that Scotland squad? Last couple of years, it is tough. It is tough. Uh, I think Ross McCrory is a Scotland fu- a future Scotland international. Future Ross, you could even call him Ross McCrory, I think. But as you said, the uh, competition is so fierce in that centre midfield spot. Uh, Talk about John Fleck; he's had a fantastic season, and I think yeah, you said he's getting married. We got John McGinn; he's been brilliant. Ross McCrory's one for the future. Glenn Middleton; uh, I think he's maybe one for the future as well. But uh, it's, it's not been a lot of really high-performing Scottish players at Rangers the last few years, I would say. So, Gavin. Yeah, Gavin. you have to. Well, you have to remember. I mean, Rangers have been rebuilding. You know, like, I mean, it's only in the last couple of years they've been back into the top flight. You know, so if you were saying that when they weren't in the top flight, that the players were, you know, the players were disregarded, which seemed to be the approach from, uh, well, certainly Craig Levine. I think Craig Levine might have even been on record as saying, you know, um, as saying that he wasn't picking Lee Wallace for that reason, and they had to be playing at top level. I think Gordon Strachan kind of continued that, didn't he? Um, which only, is understandable, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, so we're only really talking about from what 2016 on. Three years. Three talk, years. You're only talking the last three years. And if you need to remember that Pedro Cachinha flooded the team with 
a Portrait Mex experiment. Mainly kind of foreigners. So yeah. um, it's not as if I have. Ryan Jack's probably the one. I mean, Lee Wallace, when he was playing really well, and then Ryan Jack. I mean, they're the other two. You would say Graham Dorans if he'd been fully fit and playing well. You could have thrown him into it, but I mean, he's been plagued by injuries. Well, but in terms of the Rangers and the, the Scotland, the, the wedge that you're yes, talking about. Yes, there's a factor there that needs mended. Well, well listen, I think you could probably go back to Duncan Ferguson. I mean, you could go back to when he was, you know, when the Rangers fans reckon he was harshly treated by the SFA over his kind of infamous head button. Uh, he basically quit, you know, you had the instance with Richard Goff and Andy Roxburgh. I think at that time, you know, Rangers fans then, was, it was, you know, Rangers ahead of Scotland. It started probably around about then. Um, and then, more recently, you know, when Rangers were then being sent down to the bottom tier, you know, with Sandy Jarden, who was leading the drive, uh, who was talking, I think, at one point of handing back his Scotland caps because of the way the SFA were treating Rangers. So, I mean, it, you know, it, it then stepped up a level. Uh, so it, it's existed since then. You if, know. if Alan McGregor hadn't retired, he would definitely have been in that squad. I would think so, yeah. And that maybe yeah. would have appeased some Steve Clark was wanting experience in his goalkeeping department. So and even Steve his Clark. retirement was down, yes. some believe, to be yes. the way he was treated by the SFA over his um, retrospective ban, wasn't it? Because mm. it came right after his retrospective ban. Well, maybe, so, final word on so that. It's the SFA, I think it's it's more a kind of SFA thing, isn't it? It's going it's to be interesting then when the McCrory's and Middleton's and the McCrory, the younger McCrory, the goalkeeper, oh, yeah. are coming through... JK Progressing beyond under 21s to see if this fracture then maybe becomes mended and if we see more Rangers players yeah. coming into the Scotland squad. That's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye on in the future, I would say. Yeah. However, moving on, moving on. Uh, one man that's definitely not going to be in the Scotland squad because he's not even Scottish is Joe Dodo, but his name resurfaced this morning. Um, Blackpool want him back on loan next season. Um, Gavin, you're giving me a surprise look there, but that, that was a line that came out of the papers this morning. Um, there's no doubt. I think Rangers would be happy to accommodate Blackpool on that one. Many people have forgotten Joe Dodo is actually still a Rangers player. Yeah. However, is is one of six or seven coming back, which brings me on to the point, do any of these returning loanees have a future at Ibrox? Can they make an impact next season? You've got guys like Greg Docherty, you've got mm-hmm. Jason Holt coming back for Fleetwood, uh, Jordan Rossiter, who had an excellent spell at Bury, yeah. which was good to see, and of course Ryan Hardy that did so well for the main at, uh, at Livingston. Yeah. No, it's, it's good to see all these guys doing the well, the ones that you've listed, but yeah, I mean, what you need to remember, what, what we need to remember here is the level that they're doing at. I mean, Bury, what, League 2? I think yeah. they might have just won promotion, didn't they? Yeah, they did, did yeah. they, until League 1. Um, it's the level, you know, Greg Doherty did brilliantly, you know, pl- pl- mm. picking up so many, you know, individual awards, you know, Player of the Year awards from Shrewsbury. But, I mean, the key, really the key this summer is, I mean, it's a quality. I mean, the Rangers really need, they need quality. And I'm just not entirely sure any of these guys are going to improve Stephen Gerrard's It's almost like and, a step backwards, isn't it? I mean, yeah. names like that remind you of the Murty and Cashinia era. Yeah, I mean, Doherty's probably, yeah, yeah. I mean, Greg Doherty's probably, you know, slightly different. He's one you could, you know, but I, but you would be talking squad player. I guess that, it's that midfield again, again, isn't it? So Rossiter, Rossiter, I mean, I feel sorry for him, you know, clearly a very talented, plenty of quality, but... I just think mentally, you know, I mean, how is he, how can he how is he going to be mentally, you know, just with injuries? Obviously, he's had that run of games here, but I, I, I think maybe just for somebody like him, it might just be better just to get a fresh start. He's just got to get, I mean, he, he's just, he's associated, you associate him with just being cropped all the time. 
because he's just had such a horrendous spell of injuries at Rangers. It is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, Callum, is there anyone in that list of players coming back that give you, for the old cliche, it'll be like a new signing? I mean, Gerard doesn't use these guys yet. Um, how they go about impressing them? They've got a, a limited amount of time in the summer to, to make their mark. Greg Doherty is the one that everyone seems to point mm -hmm. towards, but that Rangers midfield's so strong. What, what does he do? To be completely honest, I don't see any of the players really coming into the team. First team, definitely. Greg Doherty, yeah, I think he'll get given a chance just because he performed so well. I mean, there's no point in loans if you don't give them a, the young Scottish players a chance. Ross or uh, injury prone, I think he needs a fresh start. The other boys, I just, I just think it's get them off the wage bill, get cash in. Yeah, get their own, get Gerard. It's harsh on people like Ryan Hardy because he's done what he needs to do on loan, but it's not what Rangers need, is it? They've already got Jermaine Defoe, hopefully Morelos. Is he going to get a look in? don't think so. Could he maybe need to look beyond his, that though, don't you? For his own yeah. career, I, I think he would even need to leave uh, Joe Dodo. It's just not up to the standard required. So I don't see many of these boys really getting given a chance. I think they'll have to impress a lot in pre-season, be even given a chance to be a squad player. Yeah. Looks like uh, all-round agreement on that one, then it's the end yeah. of the road for these guys. Do you think if there's any the, the Rangers could make money out of? Doherty, perhaps? If um, even then, what kind of? What did they say? Was it six hundred thousand? I mean, they, they, I mean, they were so desperate to get him as well, didn't they? Yeah, two Januarys ago, chasing bids, bids not back, and then up and ever so slightly. Yeah. But I mean, you're not going to make, you're not going to make hellish much on him. I mean, I think it was linked to Hibs, wasn't it? Was it Hibs? I think it was Hibs. What kind of money? Well, was it six hundred thousand they spent on him? Six hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah, so they're not going to get anything like that back. Just off the wage bill at best. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's one that I think he could. I mean, he's one that could stay around and be a fringe. I think he's had quite a tough run of it at Rangers because he came in with Kashinia and obviously that team didn't perform too well. He was kind of thrown in these old firms. They were getting beat five one. The team kind of seemed quite disarmious. They came in, Gerard fancied his own boys. I think he's one of the ones who deserves maybe a chance, at least under Gerard. Uh, the rest of them, I think, have had a chance and haven't quite been up to standard. Uh, so I, I I think he deserves a chance, Docker. Okay, well, was, as I said, it's so strong, that midfield area. But um, moving on to players Gerard's been linked with and looking at, and certainly is looking to strengthen the defence. That, that, that seems to be the priority. I mean, gone... Um, Joe Worrell and uh, Gareth McCauley yeah. probably no great losses either I have to admit other than bulking up the squad no I mean Worrell had his moments I mean well he's, he's the only I, moment. I think that was a problem <laughs> 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 um, I know it was interesting to see him last week wasn't it when he spoke to the Nottingham Forest website saying there, there was no chance that he would have you know swapped Nottingham Forest for Rangers I think a lot of Rangers fans were certainly yeah. ah, it's, to it's hear him say that read, uh, give him that the uh, big oh he was confident I mean you'll say that from him he was certainly <laughs> Very confident. Um, so, but so a okay. second bid, a second bid for George Edmondson yeah. is expected imminently. Yeah. And I think he, he almost looks like a Joe Worrell type, doesn't it? From everything you read, you know, tall, young, you know, kind of physical attribute, attributes. I think he would just be almost a like for like, you know, replacement. But I mean, they'd be hoping some hoping better. Yeah, somebody they could nurture well, into a better. Well, nurture your own player yeah. for a start rather yeah. than somebody else's. Yeah, somebody else's. So I mean, I think. Um, but 
I mean, it's how far they're going to go. I mean, the Oldham, uh, I mean, the Oldham owner is notorious for driving a hard bargain. Um, you know, there's been a string of clubs linked with him. Aye. It's just, I mean, Rangers aren't going to, as much as they probably admire him, I mean, how much are you going to pay, f- you know, for a player that playing for a club that finished, what was it, 14th? Yeah. Uh, finished 14th. Badly. I don't know if it's 14th, but they were well done. I think they were 14th in, um, in, the, in the league. So... You're not going to pay fortunes for them. You're not going to pay fortunes. I, th- I think they'll, they'll get to a point when they say, "Well, that's it, final offer, take it, leave it." But as a priority, and if mm-hmm. there's money there to be spent, mm-hmm. what are they saving their money for? I mean, one name that keeps coming up, and they came up again this morning, mm-hmm. and many will laugh and scoff at this, but it's Gerard's old buddy Martin Skirtle, who's turned down the new offer for Fenerbahce. His agent a year ago. I mean, there's no doubt Rangers were interested, yeah, yeah. wanted them a year ago. But money was the issue. Now he's turned down a new offer for Fenerbahce. He's a free agent. Uh-huh. Could Rangers be willing to splash the cash to bring a guy of that calibre to yeah. Ibrox? Did his agent not say again recently? I mean, he's, he did, he's, he's, he's said it again this year, yeah. Yeah, he said it again just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Saying that just basically the money, the wages wouldn't... Yeah. I just don't... I don't see the... I, I really don't see the that it makes good business sense. I mean, unless you are just basically saying, we're just going for, we just need to get a team on the park this season to, you know, stop nine in a row and they're not thinking long term. But I just don't think it's worth paying guys like that those kind of astronomical wages. Callum, what do you make of that one? A couple of names there to, to begin with. A big established world-renowned defender, Martin Scott, will imagine his arrival at Ibrox and then one to nurture, as we said, well, George Edmondson. Gerrard's two transfer styles we've seen so far. He's went for sort of young English talent in some places of the park and then he's also kind of went for your Jermaine Defoe's, your Kyle Lafferty's. He's went for experience and he's also went for young, so he might just go for it, but for the wages I was reading he was wanting, it seems pretty... Astronomical. Yeah, but non-likely. So it's it's an interesting one because I do think Rangers need a bit of experience back there next to Conor Golds and I think it is risky getting in another young English defender who could turn out not to be, like, could turn out like Joe Worrell, uh, like have their moments or could turn out to be another Conor Goldson, pretty steady and calm. So it's a bit risky. So you might look at a centre-half area and be like, you know what, I got the four in up front, got the experience, let's get a big centre half in there. Well, that's it. If they're going to have another season like last season, the amount of games they, they had to play last season, there's no way that um, Katic and Goldson will yeah. do you the entire season. Did there's going to be injuries. There's a bit of an experience at the back there sometimes, I think, yeah. and he might want to. He might want to he needs somebody. Yeah, there's, you, there's no doubt he needs somebody. You, in you look at, you mean Gareth McCall's a prime example. You look at players when they're getting to that age, they're going to pick up niggles. Yeah. And It'll be the same, you know, you get that age. And then, I mean, Gareth McCauley was hardly fit, was he? How many games did he play, yeah, too? Hardly any. Yeah. What, what sort of budget is Gerard working with this summer, Gavin? You're a man with a finger in the pulse. <laughs> you want me to put a finger Tell it, To the nearest pound, I yeah. I don't know, limited. <laughs> I would say limited. I mean, they'll be shopping about again, looking for value. It's not like they're sitting on... You know, when you look at Celtic last season, just, you know, dipping in and splashing £9 million on... You know, Watson Edward. I yeah. mean, they don't have that kind of money. They're just well. Uh, listen, if you're if you're going around paying five hundred grand for a George Edmondson, you know that tells you, well, that, you know, the kind of money that they've got. You know, that's what I was hinting at. They don't there, have. Right? They don't, unless you go and sell a Morelos for, you know, ten or you know million, and then you've got Tavernier been linked as well, worryingly. 
arguably I think he would be a bigger loss. He'd be a bigger yeah, multi I, I don't think there's any doubt that if the right the right figure came in from Morelos, he'd go before Tavernier. Yeah, well, at least if you know Stephen Gerrard's found a style, you know, maybe by accident because of Morelos being suspended, you know, but they found, you know, a more they were more effective without Morelos yeah. for a spell there. So I mean, you could sell him for that for ten million or, or upwards of ten million. Tavernier, Gerard was talking about at the weekend again. They're saying he expects bids. Said he could play in the Premier League, but that that's the one that I think would be worrying Rangers fans the most. That's the one that they'll be saying, we, you know, we cannot lose him. Callum, we cannot lose him. We've spoken about this a lot in this podcast. We've not heard your thoughts on this. Um, Morelos first. Do you think Rangers, if the right figure, and what would you think is the right figure for Morelos if that is met? Do you expect him to go this summer? I think that his figure was bigger. Uh, earlier in the season I think some Rangers fans some ridiculous ones want 20 million you're never going to get that you think his value's dropped then? yeah I think his value has dropped uh, I think his value dropped as well because he didn't even make that 40 man squad he had public figures like Carlos Queros come out and say he's not picked him because of his mentality uh, I think his value did drop because well, his goals dropped off a bit because of his suspension so I, I would say I think Rangers if they got an offer of about 10 million that I would say they should sell uh, if it meant reinvestment in other places because I think they looked at their strongest in the season without them in the team. Uh, I think it's 30 goals is a big loss, but they would need to replace that somehow, and it's not easy, especially if you're on a limited budget. But I think if the right offer came in for Morelos, that it would be right to sell, but I wouldn't sell them for not the right offer because 30 goals is hard to replace Defoe, well, Defoe. Defoe. well that's the Defoe thing I mean that's Defoe. the thing he, he's found his feet now hasn't he I mean, yeah. he's adapted to Scottish football like those six months you know he's uh, improved so he would you would expect him to get you there that's why they would, that's why they could sell Morelos whereas if you sell Tavernier you don't have a right back mm, you don't yeah. have a right back they can, I mean look at the goals alright many of them penalties but you know look at his stats you know or the numbers as managers now say don't they the Aye, numbers. The num- look at his numbers uh, my number was 30 they said the four got you 30 can I just put a disclaimer in there not, but I think he'll be among the top scorers if he's Rangers number one yeah. striker next yeah. season maybe not 30 so I will backtrack on uh, that slightly would, I think he would get you 30 he might oh, but um, I mean, if he's starting every week you know, you would expect him to get ah, you 30. Well, I feel a bit brewing here, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. Right, moving on then. Sorry. Bringing players in at the other end of the mm-hmm. park. Um, Shea Ojo, another Liverpool youngster. Yeah. Um, little knowledge of this guy, but I know, Gavin, you do have a bit of knowledge. To me, I think Ovea Jaria, when I hear his name. Maybe it's just because he's some name similar to Ovea, yeah. I don't know. But what, what can you tell us about Shea well, Ojo? The thing is... I mean, Stephen Gerrard, he's always going to go to Liverpool, isn't he? I mean, that's the obvious one. He's going yep. to go there and hopefully you would expect with the relationship he's got with the club and the status that he's got that, you know, they'll do him a couple of favours. Um, it looks as if maybe... Well, he's, I think it's Ryan Kent-like. I mean, we don't know what Ryan, what's going to happen with Ryan Kent. You know, Aston Villa were linked to a £10 million bid. You know, I, I just think once you start seeing figures like that mm-hmm. and if mm-hmm. Liverpool... Do want to sell him? If you start seeing figures like that, I just think that's you know Rangers, Rangers are then, blown out well, the water. They're, they're out of the running. So nah. it looks to me like possibly Rangers are resigned to losing them, or Liverpool have said you know there's no way you're getting them back. Here's his next move, and but by the way, here's another guy. Uh, you can have him. He's, right. he's a Ryan Kent style, a guy that's going to get uh, you know get bums off seats, cutting uh, in off the wide areas. Yes, then, yeah. exciting the fans. Um, I mean, he said a loan spell in 
France yep. here. I think that's the fourth loan spell he's had that wasn't so productive. Uh, his first loan spell was at Wigan, where um, I actually spoke to a couple of players that played with him at Wigan last week there when his name first came up, who said exactly that. Ryan Kent, like, uh, will excite. At Wigan, they were fighting relegation. Malcolm McKay was the manager at the time, actually. Right. Lost the relegation battle, uh, dropped down to League One. And I just think, you know, for players like that, it's not the right, you know, environment for them to flourish. Um, Fulham and Wolves played well. He's also featured for the first team. Liverpool definitely have high hopes for him. He's going to sign another long-term deal, I think, before they send him out, which is what Liverpool do now. But I'm not... I, I don't know if that's necessarily an indication that Liverpool fancy him to make to be a, a first team player. I think they just now protect their assets the way they do with Kent. Mm-hmm. You know who signed a long term deal, Ajaria. I think they're thinking well, if they go and we send them on loan as they have done with Kent and they impress, then that drives their value up. So nice. they make sure that these guys are tied down. But certainly, but but you know when you talk to people down in Liverpool, they think actually Ojo might be one who could make it in the first team. Yeah, he's featured and scored under Jurgen Klopp um, so I think he would be a good one to get I think he'd be a good one to get and certainly to soften the blow if Ryan Kent goes you'd expect him to come in and he'd do the job that Kent you know managed to do this season but don't forget Ryan Kent did take a while to warm up you know it's not mm-hmm. like he, he didn't you know hit the ground running he, he, grew, he came on to a game you know the longer the season went on and of course the old Firm game was almost like that point where you could tell he was a big game player, the one in December when he was absolutely outstanding. Um, so, I think Ojo's your new Kent. Okay. Well, that worrying for you, Callum, that it looks to be dead in the water, that any hopes of bringing Ryan Kent back? It is worrying. I don't doubt that these Liverpool youngsters have bags, bag loads of talent, because I think you've seen the boy at uh, Derby as well. Is it Harry Wilson? He's been yeah. fantastic. So Liverpool have all these young players. My worry is that we saw with Ajaria, I think he even had some talent. I just don't think he fancied it, Rangers. Mm-hmm. And I think Ryan Kent had loads of talent and he proper grew into the culture. He loved it. And I think that's what that the difference is. So when you get in another young guy, is he going to thrive under the pressure? Is he going to love the environment, get into the get with the fans, play in the old firms? Or is he just going to, I don't fancy this? It's not for me. That's where Stephen Gerrard's knowledge of uh, what's happening at Liverpool needs to be. Uh, on the oh, button, yeah. doesn't I it? Think it has to know what it's bringing up. You need to do character yeah, checks on these guys yeah. because, I mean, I think the Ajaria, when you don't want a repeat of that, you don't want a guy, you know, who's just going to disappear I will, through the season. Steve Gerrard yeah. does, he's, he's good. I mean, he's always at the England under 21 camps yeah. and youth camps. Yeah. and bad that, That's the other thing. I think he was, he was at the Toulon tournament, yes. obviously, last summer, where yes. I think Ojo played for England and he was also a member of the England World Cup winning right. under 20 team. The one, okay. The uh, one that was um, two years ago. Yeah, yeah, with right. uh, what's it? Yeah, the commander, not keeper, was the keeper? Uh, is it Freddie Woodman? No, Freddie Woodman. Yeah. Thank goodness yeah, that squad. His name had completely escaped me. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, he was part of that squad. Paul yes. Simpson's. Yeah, Paul Simpson was a manager. So Steve Gerrard will he's know this. Oh no, he'll know. Well, he definitely knows him. Yeah. So you've got to put your faith in him there. Yeah. That he knows what what he's dealing with here. Um, right, so so you think this is a deal here? You think Ryan Kent is is looking so unlikely that Liverpool have maybe offered? Yes, that's what I think. Would you? Right, I think okay. that, I think that will be the case. Right, okay, here we go. Finally, let's move on. Then the big news across the city at mm-hmm. Celtic that yeah. um, Neil Lennon 
yeah. has finally been appointed, although yeah. he's still to accept the job yeah. officially, hasn't he? He's However, in, he's in Marbella, isn't he? Is on it? a fiftieth birthday bash for his pal. Or? I have no idea. Yeah, well, he said that last week in his press conference. Because remember, when there was when they didn't know if he was getting the job, he said, "Well, where will you be in Monday?" Of course, you know, so he did. Call. He's going to be lying on a beach. There he go. He's going to be in Marbella. But anyway, he's well, got he'll... the job, so he's not waiting on the call. Lying on the beach, well, he's been offered the weighing job, up sorry. his options. Yep, yep, Hope he's got yep. plenty of suntan lotion on. Mm-hmm. Um, right. This well, appointment seems to have gone down better with Rangers fans and yeah. Celtic fans. So, so what do we make of this? I mean, is a fam- familiar foe a good thing for Rangers that they know what they're dealing with here? Celtic, yeah. with Lennon in charge, they know exactly what they're dealing with. Or is it more a safe pair of hands for Celtic to get them over nine in a row? Are Rangers fans right to be happy with Neil Lennon being appointed at Celtic? I think they are, purely because if you look... I, I just think the whole... I, when Brendan Rodgers left, for me, I just think it changed everything. I, I don't think Rangers and maybe Rangers fans, if they were honest with themselves, could realistically see how they were going to you know, catch Celtic under Brendan Rodgers. I mean, Celtic fans sighing, but Brendan Rodgers has been there for 10 in a row. Um, and I think, to be honest, if he had stayed, he, they, they probably would have won 10 in a row because... Let's face it, you know, Celtic are paying two and a half million pounds a year for a manager for a reason. You know, the reason is he was a level above. They got him purely because of his emotional attachment to the club. And that is why Celtic fans will be disappointed because when you have somebody of of that stature, you know, you're spoiled, you know, by that and, and you want the next appointment to be the same. But realistically, it wasn't going to happen because... You know, Brendan Rodgers, if he didn't have an affinity with Celtic, would have been out with their reach. Yeah. So, and I think that's the difficulty. I think that's the difficulty Celtic had. And how do you, how do you then replace, you know, someone like Brendan Rodgers? So, I think now catching Celtic suddenly becomes more realistic. You know, I mean, if you, if you go back to those two old firm games at the end of last season, where it was a nine nil aggregate defeat, you're sitting thinking, how, how are you going to close this gap? Rangers then bring in Steven Gerrard. You know they make progress this season, and then you can see, you know they win the first uh, the old firm game at Ibrox in December, and suddenly you think, oh, okay, you know you couldn't see them doing that the previous season, you know. Um, so it on just, aggregate they've won. Mm-hmm. On aggregate they've won the league yeah. encounters with Celtic. That's got to be a massive thing psychologically for them. Yeah, but but I still think that if, I, I think if Brendan Rodgers stayed, that. I don't think Rangers would have caught Celtic, I'll, I'll be honest with yeah. you. Um, so and I think it's just because he was, you know, he, he, he was, he's, whatever you think of him. A level above. He's a, he's a level above, and he is a, you know, he's a, he's a good manager. He's long and gone. He's long gone. His history. So, Callum, is this now Rangers' moment? Have they got to go and grasp the moment next season? Well, they have to. There's no doubt they have to. But will they? Now that Steven Gerrard knows exactly what's in front of him. The whole thing's been quite odd, to be honest, because Celtic just won a treble-treble, but, and then Rangers fans seem kind of happier uh, on the day after, because I think the way Celtic announced Neil Lennon was, was quite odd, I think, straight after the game, and so I think it was an odd it was an odd few days, and then I think that Rangers fans do have a right to be excited, because if we, if we go way back, uh, Rangers fans have a view that Neil Lennon never really, he obviously done fantastic with Celtic, but he never really faced a full-strength Rangers team during his time at Celtic. He's won seven trophies. Yeah. Well, he, he did in his first season and lost. Yeah, he lost. So, uh, uh, and so then yeah. second season and he won. Then, yeah. Rangers lost 15 points. Yeah. So I think Rangers fans, Rangers now, for the first time, 
since coming back up. A bit of consistency in their management, their players, they've got a bonded group of players, they've beat Celtic a couple of times uh, under Neil Lennon. So I think there is, there is a real chance for them now to go on and it will be a massive test of character for Lennon because as I just said, that uh, I think a lot of Rangers fans have just looked back on when he was manager previously. He never really, he's never really faced a full-strength Rangers mm. team and then and won. So, yeah. I mean, before he before he answered the call from Celtic when Brendan Rodgers suddenly left, I mean, he was managing Hibs. So, I mean, that's that's what you're, that was the level mm. he was at. You know, you're talking about the Hibs manager. So, they get Brendan Rodgers, who had, you know, was a Steven Gerrard slip away from winning the English Premier League, and then they get Neil Lennon, who at that time. Is manager of Hibs, so that that's the difference. So it, it just suddenly becomes more achievable to, mm-hmm. to reach them because the, the bar, in a managerial sense, has been lowered. It doesn't matter what way you look at it; it's lowered. So suddenly, you know, if you're Rangers, you do suddenly say, "Oh, we have a minute here." You know, we are we're banging our head against a brick wall trying to catch. Does that give Rangers a momentum going into the season? But I suppose, and that's the other thing. I mean, that is a slight danger that Rangers don't want to now get complacent and say, "Oh, you know, Brendan Rodgers away," you know, and because of course, when Mark Warburton, I think immediately after Rangers beat Celtic in that 2016 Scottish Cup semi-final. You know, I think that's what I, maybe Rangers made that mistake mm. because they thought, well, but immediately after it, Brendan, eh, Mark Warburton said that he said, "Don't be fooled into thinking here that we are suddenly because Rangers will then come back up to the top flight next season." Of course, and they said, "You know, Celtic will go away and do something about this," mm. and of course they did. You know, with Brendan Rodgers, so Rangers can't afford to do that. In fact, they've got to really up it. They've got to really up it and say, right. Yes, which brings me to a point. I think next season mm-hmm. could well be very dependent or dependent completely on what happens in the transfer market this well, summer. Oh, recruitment I is think key. Recruitment that, is key. That is where why. the next title, for me, is yeah. going to be won. For yeah. me, there's not much between the two sides no, on paper. No, there's not. And that's why they've got... To, I mean, the Rangers are now in a position where, you know, two years ago, you, you would not have thought, you know, they were going to be... Or certainly even, you know, 12 months ago. After that 9-0 aggregate, if you'd said that it was going to be... You know, this, you know, you were going to look at it and say it's kind of quite close. You probably wouldn't have believed it, but that tends to happen, you know, with the old firm. It goes in cycles. I mean, if you if you probably asked a Celtic fan at the lowest their lowest ebb in the nineties, you know, and and Walter Smith was you know sweeping the board, and you know they were a Scottish Cup away from winning a double treble. You know, if you would ask Celtic fans, then you think you'll close the gap. Or there's no chance, yeah. you know. Um, equally, and then when Advocate was in charge, you know. Um, and Celtic were in the doldrums. There was one old firm game I remember. Rangers won four 0 at the end of a season, two thousand I think, just before sort of Martin O'Neill came in. You know, and you looked and thought, oh, I mean, how will Celtic ever kind of close the gap? But Martin O'Neill comes in and then it changes. Then Brendan Rodgers is in charge, and Rangers are looking, thinking, how are we ever going to catch yeah. it? Then Brendan yeah. Rodgers leaves, Absolutely. so that, it happens. You cycles, know, it, it goes in mm. cycles. And but it's up to Rangers, really, as you say, recruitment. They've got to get recruitment. Uh, it's funny, I do remember, I remember Brendan Rodgers doing an interview towards the end of last season uh, with an English newspaper and he was talking about Gerard coming up and it was a quote that jumped out at me. I think he was already sort of starting the mind games where he said, you know, what will Stephen, how will Stephen Gerrard find it, you know, being manager at Rangers and he was talking about him being brave, taking the first step and he said what the one key difference he'll find in Glasgow is that you need to be the one. You've got. There's only room for one in Glasgow. He said when we, were, when we were in Merseyside, he said together because obviously manager and captain. He said 
Everton could finish fifth and fifth was okay and we could finish second and second was okay. You know, everybody was happy in the city. But, you know, in Glasgow, he said, there's only room for one and you need to be the one. I thought it was just like a wee kind of just, you know, mind games there. Um, but suddenly, Brendan Rodgers leaving has given Stephen Gerrard the chance of being the one because I think as long as Brendan Rodgers was there, he would have been the one. That's it, uh, Callum. You might be too young to remember these cycles that Gavin refers to previously. <laughs> but in terms of being the one next season, are you confident Gerard can lead Rangers to that number one spot? I think I, I think Rangers fans should be confident uh, based on the whole the whole way Celtic went about hiring Neil Lennon. Uh, and the way Celtic played when he got hired, they didn't exactly play well under Neil Lennon alright it's not his team I think I've heard uh, Lennon say but even still uh, he's got some talented players there and they didn't seem to be firing all cylinders so there's that factor to be confident Neil Lennon's managerial CV over the last few years isn't exactly they've not hired him based off that they've hired him based off emotional connection uh, and he came in and won a Scottish Cup uh, which was fantastic but they've definitely hired him as CV the last few years uh, so I think Rangers fans do and they finally got a settled team. You know, everything seems to be going well. They've beat South a couple of times. They've got Gerard. They seems to be really getting into this, and they've got some really good, talented players. Uh, hopefully, they can keep a hold of keep a hold of some of them. But I, th- I think Rangers fans should be confident. But as you said, the transfer window is the most important one in years, uh, especially how many signings Celtic have to make. And Rangers have to just add that wee bit of extra quality, I think, and then they can be confident. And what they need is a good start because they need to put pressure on Celtic. That that was the eight. That's where they slipped up this season. There was there was chances. The there was chances there to put pressure on yeah. Celtic. And they missed opportunities. Um, the fact that the Celtic fans aren't completely united behind this uh, behind Neil Lennon's appointment, you know, it means. And, and we've already detected it this season in games. You know, the, the nil-nil home draw against Aberdeen, there were grumbles, there were grumbles because they weren't sure whether they wanted Neil Lennon. So I think if Celtic have a couple of dodgy results, you know, you can the fans who didn't want it were saying, we told you so, we told you so. So Rangers need to make sure that they capitalise on that. They've got to crank up the pressure because it'll only be intensified. If Celtic are slipping up and Rangers are, you know, happen to build up a wee sort of lead then it's, you know, that's that's going to be the big test for mm. Celtic. They cannot have any regrets. Massive, massive few weeks ahead then in the transfer market, lads. That's all we've got time for today, but uh, thanks very much for joining us. Don't forget, we'll be back next week to talk all things Rangers again. So don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available. And you can also rate us on there too. Thank you to Gavin and Callum, and thanks to you for listening.